Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of old movie serial cliffhangers. You can find them on our website, comicweb.com, or just type Comic Web into iTunes and you should find them. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman who can change the course of mighty rivers. Ben steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here's an important message. Fellows and girls, some time ago I told you a story that I've been asked to repeat. A story about a young boy, no older than most of you, who single-handed saved his country from destruction. Now, this boy lived in Holland, which, as you know, is a low country, protected from the sea by a high wall called a dike. Well, one day he was walking along the dike when he noticed water leaking in through a very small hole, a hole no bigger than his little finger. Now, you wouldn't think that a little leak like that could do much damage, would you? No, nor I. But this boy was brought up to know that it didn't take long for the pressure of the water on the outside of the dike to make a small leak larger and larger until the entire dike would be weakened and then collapse. So thinking quickly, the boy stuck his little finger in the small hole and held it there for hours until his cries for help brought men to repair the leak. And not once did he think of his own discomfort or the danger to his life should the dike break down and the sea pour over him. He saw his duty clearly, and he did it. Now you too have a duty to perform, you and I and all of us, we're either too young or too old to enter the armed forces of the United States. We must do everything we can to preserve the American way of life. And one of the most important things we can do is to buy war-saving stamps every time we've got a dime. Now, a lot of you write in and ask how a single dime can help finance this costly war. Well, that's why I told you the story of the courageous Dutch boy, to show you how important a little thing like a dime can be. Now, just imagine if 10 million of you fellows and girls each bought one 10-cent war stamp every day. That would mean $7 million a week, enough to build 25 flying fortresses. Why, in six months, you could have the sky over Berlin and Tokyo black with American bombers. So remember this. A stamp a day will pave the way to victory. And now, the adventures of Superman. When Clark Kent, Perry White, Lois Lane, and young Jimmy Olsen started for the Hudson Bay region of northern Canada in response to an appeal for help from Sebastian Bobet, an old friend of White's, they had no idea of the trouble in store for them. But on reaching Ottawa, they were fortunate enough to be offered passage in a private plane to Lake Minto, 30 miles from Bobet's hunting lodge. In the plane, Kent was shocked to discover that its lone passenger, though he introduced himself as Niles Graham, was in reality the Laugher, a strange fat man who had sworn to prevent Perry White and his party from reaching Bobet's Lodge. Although the Laugher has met Superman, 
He is not aware that Clark Kent and the Man of Steel are one and the same. The Lapper sits in the rear of the plane, chatting with Clark Kent, little realizing that beside him is Superman, his sworn enemy. Listen. There's something I should like to ask you, Mr. Kent. Yes, Mr. Graham? <laughs> when your editor, Mr. White, introduced us, I had the feeling somehow that we had met before, and that you recognized me, although I did not recognize you. As a matter of fact, I did think so, but then I realized we hadn't met. Forgive my saying so, Mr. Kent, but that does not quite make sense. What do you mean? Regard me, Mr. Kent. I'm a man of enormous size. My chins are three and my stomach, although one, is large enough for six men. <laughs> I am indeed a monstrous mountain of flesh. Each finger of my hands carries a ring. Even the buttons of my shirt are made of precious stones. I am not the sort of person one forgets easily. Had you ever met me before, you'd have no trouble remembering. I'm afraid I'll have to admit you're right. <laughs> and we have met before, Mr. Kent? Not that I know of. <laughs> I sometimes consider myself psychic, Mr. Kent. I have a hunch we have met before. Yes, we have met before. I'm sorry. To the best of my knowledge, Clark Kent and Niles Graham have never met before. Then why did you think you had seen me somewhere? Well, to be truthful, it was the shock of your appearance alone that made me start. As you yourself have said, laughed, uh, Mr. Graham... What was that? What did you say? I was merely saying, as you yourself have said, Mr. Graham... No, that... you used another name. Oh, I'm afraid you're mistaken. I am never mistaken. What was the other name you used? Mr. Graham, I'm beginning to grow a little tired of this conversation. If it can't be carried on pleasantly, I'll rejoin my friends up front. <laughs> Sensitive, aren't you? Come, come, sit down. We'll turn the conversation to another subject, and as much as this one seems to be a trifle touchy, cigarette. Thank you, no. I don't smoke. Well, then, just relax and be comfortable. <laughs> yeah, there are so few comforts in the world today that one must enjoy them while he may. I have not yet learned why you and your friends are bound for Lake Minto. A hunting expedition, perhaps? Of a sort. <laughs> Something else you'd rather not talk about? What? Oh, no, not at all. We're on our way to the hunting lodge of a man named Sebastian Beauvais. Beauvais? Mm-hmm. Well, by heaven, that's wonderful. That's exactly where I am going. That's all. Well, that's very interesting. Interesting and exciting, sir. I thought it was going to be a boring trip. But I can't imagine four people I'd rather travel with. You are going to do some hunting, are you? Yes, moose and caribou. And you and your friend? Mr. White is the only one who hunts, and he hunts with a camera. A camera? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How very dull. Well, I'm afraid I can't agree with you. Photographing wildlife can be very exciting. Dear me, is there no subject we can really talk about without finding ourselves in disagreement? Apparently not. At least we don't seem to be having much success. I'd say we ought to forget it and have another try some other time. Hmm? I'll, uh, I'll rejoin my friends now, if you'll pardon me. <laughs> Certainly, Mr. Kent. As for myself, it is customary for me to nap in the afternoon. So I shall give myself over to the delicious delights of sleep. Right. See you later. Yes, Mr. Kent. <laughs> clever young man, Mr. Kent. But not clever enough for me. We have met before. No doubt we shall meet again. <laughs> no, no doubt, whatever. <laughs> 
On across the unlimited wilderness of northern Canada, the plane wings its way, carrying not only Perry White and his party, but also the man who has vowed to destroy them. At last, the plane reaches Lake Minto. And after the necessary preparations are made, they start the long trek by pack horse into the forests of the North Country. As they thread their way through the almost trackless woods, the sky grows overcast and a cold wind comes up. Soon the wind is a gale, and then the storm hits in all its fury. Hailstones the size of marbles rain down upon the small party, flipping against their faces, stinging their bodies and hands unmercifully. With great difficulty that night, the horses are tethered, tents pegged down against the storm. A quick supper is prepared by the French-Canadian guide, and then all seek the warm shelter of their beds. Again, Clark Kent finds himself thrown into the company of the laugher, Mr. Niles Graham, for they share the same tent. An oil lamp dangling from the tent pole casts eerie shadows while the winds howl and the tent strains at its guy ropes. Round about them in the forest, the trees groan against the lashing of the gale. It's a devil's brew of a night, Kent. Yes, it is. What in the world is all that moaning and groaning I hear? That's the trees. They're weighted down heavily with ice. Oh, those horses. Poor animals. I wonder how they're standing the lashing of those hailstones. It is a matter of small consequence so long as we are comfortable. What matter the horses? That's a selfish point of view, Mr. Graham. <laughs> Here we go again. Oh, dear me, Mr. Kent, I do wish you'd agree with something I say. What is that? A tree cracking. Look here, I thought you were a hunter. I am. You certainly don't seem to know much about the forest. My dear Mr. Kent, merely because I am unable to identify a sound that... <laughs> Come, we appear to be building up to another argument. Something will really have to be done about these differences of opinion eventually. I'm inclined to agree with you for perhaps the first time. Oh, those horses bother me. I'm going out to see if I can do anything for them. Don't be a fool. Where the wind is whipping that hail around, you'll be slashed to ribbon. I can't help it. I've got to see to those horses. I'll be back in a little while. <laughs> You're just a soft-hearted fool, Ken. Hmm, soft-hearted fool, am I? Well, something's got to be done for those horses. Oh, great Scott, no wonder those horses are frightened. This hail is cutting them like knives. Something tells me this is the job for Superman. All right, boys. Take it easy for just a few minutes now. I'll see what I can do about building a shelter for you. Now, let's see. Ah, that oak tree, I'll just rip it up by the roof. Get my arms around it. So, and now then, up you come. There. There we are. Now I'll just use this to knock down a dozen or so of those other trees. Here we go. Hope the others don't hear all this noise I'm making. I don't imagine they will for this storm raging. There. I don't think I'll need much more than this. All right, just another minute, boys. Wait a minute. I'll have a shelter thrown up here for you. I'll just pile these trees one on top of the other and build a sort of wall. I'll use the oak tree for the base. There. Now these others on top. This one. There we are. That does it. All right, come on, boys. This wall will protect you from the wind and hail. Come on, get over here. Get up there. Come on. That's it. That does it. Ah, now I feel a lot easier about you fellas. 
Oh, you're welcome. I'll see you in the morning. Well, Kent, back so soon? <laughs> Helps the horses any. Well, I made them a little more comfortable, I think. <laughs> You've done your good deed for the day, Boy Scout. <laughs> There's that tree cracking again. Sounds like a big one just outside the tent. You think it's safe in here for the night, kid? Well, I shouldn't worry about it if I were you. Worry? <laughs> Hardly that. I never worry. But if that tree is going to crash down on us, I want to know about it. I'm afraid I can't tell you that. Well, uh, I'm going to sleep. Good night, Kent, and pleasant dreams. Same to you, Graham. <laughs> you think this storm will be over by mo Wait. Listen. Kent, that tree is falling. It's going to crash down on us. Hold on to Cowering on his cot, the laugher's tiny eyes are wide with terror, even though gales of hysterical mirth fall from his thick lips. Unaware that Superman, in the guise of Kent, is beside him, he thinks the end has come as the ice-laden tree crashes through the fragile tent. Will Superman lift a hand to save his sworn enemy? Be sure and listen tomorrow and every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Fellas and girls, don't forget the story of the Dutch boy. And what's more, don't forget the point of the story. Remember how important little things can be, even small amounts like a dime. Keep in mind, for instance, that ten cents can buy five forty-five caliber bullets for members of our armed forces to use against the Nazis and the Japs. That five dimes can buy enough fuel oil to carry an American destroyer a full mile in chase of enemy shipping. And that all the dimes you fellas and girls turn into war-saving stamps can go a long way toward helping America win this war. So every time you've got a dime, buy a war stamp. At least one every day if you can. And remember, as one member of the Air Force said, you keep on buying and we'll keep them flying. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leave tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is Mutual. <laughs>